Welcome to the Shari Tzedek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Here you'll find a live recording of just about every sermon, Devar Torah, teaching, or story from our Arab Shabbat and High Holy Day services. We know that you wish you could be with us more often, and we understand life getting in the way is not a bad thing. To live Jewishly is to understand that just as important as it is that Judaism happens in the synagogue, it's even more important to live Jewishly in your home and on your way. So here we are, in your home, on your way, maybe even on your morning run. If you ever have any questions or want to continue the discussion, let one of us know, and make sure you check out our live stream and YouTube channel for more ways that Shari Tzedek is available to you on demand. Keep an eye on your shofar and email so that when you're able, you can be with us as well. Looking forward to seeing you soon. So I'm sure that all of us have memories from our childhood that come back for a visit every once in a while. Uh, for me, most of those are 90s breakfast cereal commercials. I watched a lot of TV growing up and marketing firms were relentless in their efforts to get me to ask my parents for such and such brand of sugary junk. Of course, they always told us that so-and-so cereal was part of a balanced breakfast. Um, We all know that that was never actually true. But the reason I bring this up is because there is one particular commercial that stood out to me in relation to this week's Torah portion. And this may be the strangest video ever shared at a Shabbat service. We shall see. That's Ozzy, the umpire. He sees everything that goes on in the game. But can he see why kids love cinnamon toast crunch? Shaped like a ball diamond, diamond, diamond. Catch this, knuckleball. There's cinnamon sugar swirls on every bite. A winning part of this complete breakfast. I see. <laughs> yeah. Here's the shower. Cinnamon toast crunch. Hey, you can see. All right. So first off, um, this is not. I, we were not paid by cinnamon toast crunch at all. But if they wanted to send us some, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no. Um, and I'm sorry to, uh, to infect our Shabbat with rank commercialism, but there is a point. So Cinnamon Toast Crunch started this ad campaign in 1995 and ran with it for over a decade. So what's the appeal of the cereal, according to them? It has swirls of cinnamon sugar in every piece, right? It's the taste you can see. And this was a good marketing tactic, right? Not only did it make kids feel smart, because oblivious adults would always miss what was obvious to the kids, but it suggested that the taste would match the appearance, right? Before you even tried the cereal, it proved that it would be worthwhile through how it looked. Now, let's take a trip back in time 3,000 years, and our ancestors were being assailed by a similar ad campaign by all of their ancient Near Eastern neighbors. Come worship Baal Hadad, said the Canaanites. Try your luck with Molach. How about El? Right? These peoples offered the same pitch for gods as General Mills did in the 1990s. Not that idol worship is part of a balanced breakfast, but that it's a god you can see. There's a temple you can go to with a big statue of the god that you can see and touch. And even more than that, 
They look just as human as you, but bigger, or maybe they have an animal's head. How relatable. Now, just to give the early idolaters a little bit of credit, obviously their sculptures were representations, symbolic of their gods. But it certainly filled in an imaginative gap that Jews struggled with. What does God look like? Humans are visual creatures. Seeing is believing, as the saying goes. But we are asked to believe in a God that we can't see. Or are we? The Torah is actually a little more ambiguous on this point than you might expect. Of course, one of the Ten Commandments we read last week was to not make or worship a graven image, even of God. But something interesting happens in this week's Torah portion, Mishpatim. Here's what we read in Exodus 24. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadav and Avihu, and the 70 elders of Israel ascended. Vayiru et Elohei Yisrael. They saw the God of Israel. They beheld God and they ate and drank. It is right there in ink and parchment. The leaders of the Israelites beheld God in person. Later on, in Exodus 33, we read that God speaks to Moses face to face as one person speaks to another. If we take the Torah at its word, then God does look like something or someone. We just can't make a representation of it. Now, on the other hand, later in that very same chapter, God tells Moses that no one can see God's face and live. What gives? So what we're probably looking at is the development of Jewish theology in action. Among the ranks who, of those who wrote the Torah over the generations, there were those who had no problem with the idea that you could see God in person. And there were those who believed that you could see God, but that you shouldn't, that it is not possible for a human to see God and survive the encounter. Only later on, among the rabbis and later scholars, do we reach the idea that God God simply has no form to behold. Their argument then shifts to the idea that anytime someone sees or speaks with God in our Torah, it is simply a dream or a vision. The children of Israel in the time of the Exodus, though, were surrounded by peoples who believed gods needed to be physically represented. Asking them to believe in a God you couldn't see was a huge challenge. Even though they accepted an invisible God, they still needed the tabernacle and the temple as a place where God lives on earth and a place where you can visit God and fulfill your worship, right? This is a stopgap. Even the most ancient forms of Judaism understood that humans have a need for physical proof, that we believe in what we can see. We see a similar phenomenon in the mezuzah, which is, which is essentially a kind of amulet, a form of magic. Because people need evidence of God's protection, Judaism harnessed a local Near Eastern custom and made it Jewish. These adaptations in Judaism help us tackle one of the fundamental problems that our religion asks us to face, to believe in something we cannot see. But I would argue that there are a lot of ways for us to see God. 
not because of a desperate need to find evidence of God's existence, but because awareness of God's presence enriches our relationship with God, with others, and with the world we live in. We can see the divine in the beauty of the natural world, in its intricate workings and incredible diversity. We can see the divine in our fellow human beings, friends and strangers alike, and our capacity to perform acts of kindness for one another. We can feel God's presence throughout our day if we pay attention. So I'll say this, Judaism is not cinnamon toast crunch, no offense to them. The cereal might look good, it might even taste good, it's definitely not part of a balanced breakfast. And while we might want a taste we can see, that is not what we need. We don't need to see God to believe because we see God in the effect God has on the world, in the human impulse to do good. That means the more we do for the people around us, the more we bring God's presence into the world for people to see. Let us keep our eyes open for opportunities to see God's presence in ourselves and others. Let us make God's presence in the world more visible through our actions. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>